Good morning. We're in this series called Timeless, and we are looking at the life lessons of different Old Testament characters. And if you've been part of this sermon series for a while, you know that really we're looking more at the character traits of those Old Testament characters than the characters themselves, because it's those character traits that God wants to build and develop within each and every one of you. And so we we looked at Noah and his faith. We looked at Deborah and her courage. Last week, we looked at Daniel and his intelligence. Integrity and today, Abraham and his obedience. And as Laura also pointed out, obedience in, in this independent postmodern world, I, obedience is almost a dirty word. I mean, people will say, you know, I make my own decisions. Thank you. Or, you know, I'm going to guide my own future. And so for a lot of people in our world today, the word obedience has a negative connotation. But I'll tell you right now, for God, it is a non negotiable. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that for all of you sitting here, for those of you watching online right now, as someone who has been forgiven and saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, obedience is just this natural byproduct of being adopted into God's family. It's something that you truly want to do. You want to follow God. You want to obey him. In response to all that he's done for you in Jesus, you know God, you love God, you trust God, and so, yeah, you obey him. It's just part of being his child. Now, when it comes to obedience, there are two ingredients that make obedience obedience, okay? And the first thing is this. Obedience needs to be complete, right? You can't just say that you're going to obey God in this part of your life and then not be obedient to God in this other area of your life. No, for obedience to be obedience, it needs to be full and comprehensive and complete. Second thing about obedience is that it needs to be immediate, kind of like that little clicker thing that Laura had. I had one with our dog as well. But obedient, you're obedient only if you respond when you're told to respond, Right, Not later on, not when you're in a good mood or feel like it. It's in that moment. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to look at the obedience of Abraham. And um, based on his story, based on his life, we're going to look at how Abraham stepped out of his comfort zone into the character zone. And that's where God wants to take each and every one of us. He wants to take us out of our comfort zone and into the character zone where we can be stretched and become the people that God wants us to be. Abraham stepped out of the comfort zone into the character zone and he obeys God in a big way. And just to describe that for you, let me reread that passage, uh, part of which Laura read, part of which, well, George read it a moment ago. Let me reread it again so it's fresh in your minds. This is from Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So some pretty interesting stuff there. And what I'd like to do in the time that I have with you is simply looking at Abraham's life, share with you several elements involved with obeying God that I think you're going to want to take to heart. Several elements that are going to take you out of your comfort zone. 
No doubt about it. But it'll be also in this area where God will be able to develop and transform your life through this character trait called obedience. And the first element of obedience is simply discovering God's will. Obviously, you're not going to be able to obey God and what he wants you to do until you first know what it is that he wants you to do. And Abraham learned that right away in verse 1. Remember, it says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave. Now, that last word there on your screen is interesting, isn't it? It's not very specific or anything. God just says, leave. But in that moment, God reveals his will. Abraham discovers God's will. And we want to discover God's will too. But when it comes to God's will, there are a couple of truths, three in fact, that you're going to want to keep in mind. The first truth about God's will is that God's will is rarely given in its entirety. Instead, more often than not, God tends to give his will in little bits and pieces, kind of like what he did for Abraham. Look at the rest of verse one. It says, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Now, do you see that? Abraham is told to leave, but he's not told where he's supposed to go. He isn't, he isn't told how far he's supposed to travel or even what direction he's supposed to go. He's just told to go, to leave. And, and, you know, that's what, that's how God often works. He kind of reveals himself, his will in these little, you know, just little bit by little bit. And while there are all kinds of reasons why, what I would like to do is just maybe explain it for you this way that might help you understand. If I'm driving my car to a place where I am unfamiliar, I'm going to take my phone, I'm going to type in the address in Google, I'm going to hit directions, and I'm going to hit start. Any of you guys do that? I may see all those hands. Yep, you do it. You know what I'm talking about. And I love that soothing voice. She tells me exactly where I need to go. It's just like my wife, only it's better. Your, your voice, honey, is much better. <laughs> just saying. I am so in trouble right now. I don't even know how to get out of this. So, but, so then I listen to this voice from the phone, and it, what it does is it explains where I should go step by step by step, right? It's just you know one step after another, and when you get that point, it, it reveals the next step. What Google won't do is give you all of the directions verbally out loud at once, right? It's not just going to say, okay, you go three blocks and then turn right, go another block, turn left, go three miles, take a slight right, whatever that is, and go another five miles, and then go another. It, it's not going to give you all that information at once. Why? Because that could be very overwhelming and confusing, right? And I believe that's kind of what God has in mind when he reveals his will to you in these little bits and pieces. So God will say, hey, I think this is something that you should check out. And then a couple months later, he says, I think you should move in this direction with your life. And then, you know, and a little bit later, he says, try this thing out instead. And, and that's just how God works, little by little. And that's the first thing about God's will I want you to understand. When it comes to God's will, rarely will he reveal it in its entirety. Second thing about God's will is God's will is customized just for you. All right, if you and I were going to this same place with, you know, we, just, we don't know where we're going, we're going to pull out our phones. My directions to this place are going to be customized for me. And your directions on your phone, if you use your phone, are going to be customized for you because you are leaving from a different location than me. 
God custom designs his will for you, each of you in a unique way, because God takes into account your talents, right? Your personality, the things that you're passionate about, your experiences in life, everything. In Jeremiah 29, God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. In Abraham's case, God's plan was customized just for him. God wanted Abraham to be the guy who would be the father of many nations. In fact, that's why God changes his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. Now, honestly, I don't know why God chose Abraham and not somebody else. I don't know why God chooses me to do things that he doesn't have somebody else do. All I know is that God customized his will just for Abraham, and he has a will customized uniquely just for you as well. Third thing you want to know about God's will is that God's will is confirmed externally. For Abraham, many believe that that external confirmation came through his nephew Lot, who went with him on the journey, right? This guy named Lot. For you and me, we have something far better. Laura talked about this. It's right here. It's called the Bible. It's God's written word. This is the primary way by which God will speak to you today. And so if you want to know God's will, you want to read this word. That's why we're always encouraging you. Just five, 10 minutes every day. Read through this book because that's where you're going to discover God's will. Now, let's say that you think you know God's will for your life. Great, but always confirm it with what the Bible says because you might think or somebody else might think this is what God wants you to do with your life. But if it violates what it says in here, it's not God's will. I don't care what you think or anybody else thinks. God is never going to contradict what he says here in this book. He just won't. So always confirm what you believe God's will to be based on what God's word has already said. Does that make sense? Again, do what the Bereans did. In Acts 17, look at this. It says, the Bereans received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Paul was this big name apostle, and yet the Bereans are like, yeah, whatever. He's just a guy, and we're going to confirm it with what it says here first in God's word. So use God's word to discover God's will. That's the first element. If you want to be obedient, you got to know God's will. Second element of obedience is to it involves joining God's work. This is a big deal here. This whole obedience thing is really important here because while it's certainly it's important for you to know what God tells you to do, he also wants you to get involved and do what he has told you to do. Right? And I know that can be hard. I know it can be hard. Jesus wrestled with it as well, joining God's work. Hours before he's nailed to a cross for the forgiveness of sins for the world, Jesus is wrestling with God in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says this in, in Matthew 26, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Jesus is saying, I know, Father, that your will is for me to sacrifice myself on this cross, but I'm open to any other suggestions you might have as well. Right? It was hard for him. And yet look at how he ends the prayer. He says, yet not as I will, but as you will. It's like, yeah, Lord, I know that you want me to go down this path. And I have the freedom to choose to go the opposite direction, but I am going to go your way. I am going to obey your will. I'm going to join your work. 
And thanks be to God, right? Oh my goodness, thanks be to God that Jesus was willing to come to this earth to be your substitute and take the punishment that you deserve for everything you've ever done wrong. First John 2 says, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. That word atoning there at the top of your screen, it means payment for damages done. Right, so if, for example, I were to accidentally run into your car, I would pay for those damages to get it fixed. That's atonement. It's a payment for damages done. Jesus paid the, for the damages. He, he atoned for the damages that your sin committed against God's holy will. Again, thanks be to God. Right? Thanks be to God that Jesus is willing to join God's work and suffer the punishment that we deserve. In 2 Corinthians 5, God, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus joined God's work, but Abraham also joined God's work. Again, at the beginning of chapter 12, God says, leave your country, your relatives, and your father's house. And then it says, Abraham was 75 years old when he set out. And it's pretty amazing that Abraham was 75 years old when all this was happening. But really, the miracle are those last three words. He set out, right? Abraham discovered God's will. And then he obeyed and he joined God's work. And that is what God is looking for you to do as well. As you do, though, keep, this in, keep these two facts about obeying God in mind. Obeying God, fact number one. Obeying God requires leaving your comfort zone. You have to leave, you have to take that step out of your comfort zone because when you're in your comfort zone, God cannot stretch you. Why? Because you're comfortable. He's not gonna stretch you until you're outside of the comfort zone. And, and, and here's the thing. As God takes you out of that comfort zone and he has you take these little steps of obedience, I believe it helps you to be ready to, at that point in time, to take those larger steps of obedience when they're required. And maybe, maybe that's why God reveals his will to you just in little bits and pieces, right? As you take these little steps of obedience, it's preparing you for that bigger step down the pike. Abraham was taking a bunch of steps of little steps of obedience, and then God had him take that huge step. Remember that? It was when uh, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience and asked God to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. Woof. Well, certainly God is, you know, not going to, I don't believe, ask you to do something as extreme as that. But my point is that when it comes to obeying God, you need to be willing. It requires, it's, it's a must. You have to step out of your comfort zone because that's where God can stretch you and make you into the person that he knows you can be. Second thing about obeying God is that it also requires trusting him fully. Right? Before Abraham could follow God obediently, he had to trust him, didn't he? Completely. And I remember what God says to Abraham. I love this. He, God says, go to the land that I will show you. <laughs> what kind of a directions are that? Abraham's probably, I wish I had Google. I knew where I'd be going. He goes, I, he doesn't know where he's going. Doesn't know what the future holds. And, and, and when God asks you to step out of your comfort zone, guess what? You're not gonna know what the future holds for you. And that can be scary. It can. And there are times when you might feel tempted to say, thanks God, but no thanks, 
I am not going to step out of my comfort zone and trust you because I don't know where I'm going. But I'm here to tell you, you can trust God, right? He's got a plan for you. He's God, he loves you, right? He knows what's best for you. So his plan is gonna be the absolute best plan for you. Trust him. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what stepping out of your comfort zone and following God's will looks like for you. Maybe it means in, you know, getting involved and, and joining God's work here at this church, right? You know, three weeks ago, there were over 400 of you that took part in a service opportunity we call Servant Saturday. Right? We ministered to the people in this community. It was in the paper. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And you don't have to wait until next October for the next Servant Saturday to get involved. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. We Once a month, you could serve and join God's work at this church by becoming a worship assistant. We could really use somebody to help collect the offering and maybe help with dis, uh, distribute communion. We, it's just once a month. You know, or maybe it's some other ministry opportunity or a mission project. They're, those are listed in our website. I don't know. All I know is this. A life of obedience also involves joining God's work, right? It's not just, I'm part of God's family. I'm kicking back and sitting, just enjoying the view and enjoying the ride. No, it's getting involved. All right, Ephesians 2, look at this. Paul says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So trust God like Abraham, trust him fully, and join his work. Third element of obedience is experiencing God's best. I don't know if you remember this or not, but this third element was actually part of the promise that God made to Abraham. Let me reread this. It's verses two and three. God says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham obeyed God and God blessed Abraham. Abraham experienced God's very best. But that's not all. God also blessed the rest of this world with his very best because thousands of years into the future, through the line of Abraham, God's son, Jesus Christ, came to this planet to be our savior, to remain obedient to God's will in, in Philippians 2, it says, And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient, there it is, obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus came to this earth to live, to die, to rise again for you, for me, for all people everywhere, so that by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, we might be able to believe that Jesus is our Savior and as a result, experience God's best right? His very best, the gifts of grace and mercy and forgiveness and eternal life. And again, thanks be to God. But here's my question for all of you. Where are you at when it comes to discovering God's will, joining God's work, experiencing God's best? Jesus says in John 14, whoever has my commands and keeps them or obeys them is the one who loves me. So what does loving God like that look like for you? What does it mean for you to trust and obey God? I'm sure you say that, but what does it look like? What might the Holy Spirit be prompting you? What step of obedience might the Spirit be prompting you to take? Maybe obeying God today is, you know, for the first time in your life, trusting God with your finances. 
Right? You've never given a tithe before. You've never given back a, a, a prayerful, thoughtful, uh, proportionate amount of what God has entrusted to you in response to what God has done for you in Jesus. You've never done that. Maybe that's what the Spirit is prompting you to do. Maybe obeying God today means that you invite your 365 and one person to church. Remember this? This was a series we had last fall. You have 365 days a year to pray for that one person that you know may be outside of God's family. Maybe that's what God is trying to get you to do. His spirit is prompting you to talk to someone about Jesus. You know you should, so maybe that's your step. Maybe obeying God today means letting go of a sin that you've been holding on to for way too long. You know you should let go. You know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. And yet you still hang on to it. So maybe that's the step. Maybe it's, maybe it's ending an unhealthy relationship that you're in. It's, it's breaking it because it's wrong for all kinds of reasons. And, and yet you want to hang on to that relationship because you're afraid of being alone. I don't know what God is calling you to do, what step he might be prompting you to take. But I do know that God knows what's best for you. God wants what's best for you. So trust him. Okay, God wants to bless you. He wants to build your character, especially in the area of obedience. He wants to bless your, your relationships, your family, your, uh, your career. He wants to bless you. So like Abraham, trust him, right? Take that step out of the comfort zone and say, okay, God, here I am. And in faith-filled obedience, go ahead and start living that life where you're discovering God's will, where you're joining God's work. And where as a result, you're experiencing God's very best for your life. So let me challenge you this week in a couple of ways, all right? Let me challenge you, first of all, to, um, let me challenge you in this way. First, daily take time in God's word to learn more about his will. Okay, again, God's word, this is the primary way by which he speaks to you. And so learn it, read it, so that you can become familiar with God's word, so you can, uh, will, so you can discover his will for your life. Second, commit to becoming an active part of this church, this church called Royal Redeemer, your church home. You know, maybe it's a, a ministry opportunity, maybe it's a mission project, maybe it's joining a small group, I don't know. But look for ways by which you can live that life of obedience by joining God's work right here at Royal Redeemer. And then third, receive God's best for your life by obeying him and then fill in the blank. Where would that, what would that be? Write it down. And and then maybe put it in your wallet and, and let it remind you that as someone who has been adopted into God's family by God's grace, that God now calls you to be a faithful follower, right? To be obedient in your life where you are discovering God's will, joining his work so that you in turn can experience his very best. All right, well, let's pray about that. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge that you love us and want to see the very best in our lives. So help us to discover your will, to step outside of our comfort zone and and gladly, boldly follow you no matter where you might lead. God, help us to obey you just like Abraham did. And then as we do, bless us beyond what we could possibly imagine. Father, we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen.